Well, Razorback fans, that was not a uh, very fun game to watch on Saturday between Arkansas and Mississippi State. What all went wrong? Let's break it all down on today's episode of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend, which I'm sure you didn't if you're a Razorback football fan, uh, because that was about as tough of a game as you will ever have to deal with and a tough pill to swallow and really a tough game to make sense out of. So we're going to try. We're going to try to do it and, and talking about what went wrong against Mississippi State for the Razorbacks and, and breaking it all down. And I first, like, there's going to be a lot of things you can break down in this game. There's a lot of issues. Uh, I think I, I covered most of them when it was coming to the uh, the Arkansas uh, game, just with you know, eight things, I think, when I did my live stream yesterday. But I'll try to get to the big things just for everybody to kind of get it blocked off and put it into perspective uh, here. So essentially, to me, the biggest issue in this game was the defense and the decision to stick with a three-man front the entire game. I don't understand that. I don't understand it at all. I have been a big fan of Barry Odom. I still am a fan of Barry Odom. I still think he is a fine defensive coordinator. And I think that he has had to deal with a, a lot of uh, injuries that a lot of other defensive coordinators would not and should not ever have to deal with. Like, there's a lot of things going on there. But when you're going up against a team like Mississippi State and you know that you have the injuries that you have and you know that the personnel is very different from what you've had over the past few years under Sam Pittman, going in with the same exact defensive game plan that has worked for you the past two seasons may not be the best bet, may not be the best thing to do. Now, I can understand going into it and doing it and trying it out and seeing if you still have the same success. But after you don't have any success, you need to make adjustments. You need to try something different. I think that's how it is in every sport. But for whatever reason, Arkansas didn't do that. Arkansas's bread and butter this year on defense, which I'm not saying that they're a great defense because they're not. The statistics don't back that up. But the one redeeming quality that they've had, especially through the first few games, three, four games of the season, has been their ability to get after the quarterback. They have vastly improved their defensive line from last year. They've been able to run a lot more four-man fronts. And they've had Drew Sanders coming off the edge or going inside, whatever it may be, who can get after the quarterback and feel really good about it and having that level of success to go along with it. That's kind of been what it's supposed to be. Like, that's been the MO of this defense. So going into this game and knowing that you have a very, very, very depleted secondary, so much so that you're having to move positions of players and, and everything, going into the game, you know you're not, even if you play that eight, dropping eight, rushing three, which is what they did, your secondary is still not good enough to cover for that long period of time. You're not going to get pressure with only three players against an SEC offensive line in most cases. You're just not. But you go in with this game and doing it, 
and you drop eight, and all that does is just leave Will Rogers open and gives him plenty of time to just wait until somebody pops open, and then he makes a throw. That is what happened this entire game. They pass the ball. They pass it effectively. And so you're kind of in, in, a, in a sticky situation because if they decide to run the ball, you only got three down linemen to stop them, and maybe the linebackers can make a play. But you're going to get about five yards a pop at least. And then if you throw the ball, you're not going to get enough pressure, and the secondary is not good enough to cover, so then they end up having success anyways. I did not understand the entire game being a three-man front. It didn't work at all. You gave up 40 points in this game. Will Rogers threw for almost 400 yards. Dylan Johnson ran for 100 yards. They averaged five yards a carry. Your defense was not working. If you are good at getting after the quarterback, if that is your one redeeming quality and has been this year, and you know that your biggest issue has been your secondary and your past defense, why not just say, all right, they're going to pass on us anyways. So why not just try to get after Will Rogers and make him pay? Sure, you can have some plays where you drop seven or eight guys, just throw it up, mix it up a little bit. But why not just put four down linemen, get Drew Sanders out there, throw in some blitzes, throw in some confusion, and then at least make Will Rogers have to throw the ball maybe errantly, maybe too soon, maybe he gets sacked, maybe there's a fumble, maybe he throws a pick, whatever. Because I feel like you'd have a better chance against Mississippi State and that offense doing that than just trying to say, well, uh, we know they're going to pass it a lot, and we know this has kind of worked before, so let's try to help our secondary out and drop a bunch of guys. No. No. It didn't work all game long, and there was no adjustment there. I do not understand that. I, I still think this coaching staff is a good coaching staff. I still think you got some, some really good pieces. But this one, to me, was, was a bad decision. This was a bad game by them. Um, and, I, and I don't know, you know, of course, we don't get to hear from coordinators or anything like that. We just get to hear from Sam Pittman, which is fine. But for crying out loud, that to me was just the most absurd thing I've ever seen. Mississippi State is too good of an offense to just drop them and, and stick with the same thing and hoping it works. Will Rogers is too good of a quarterback. You dropped eight players and he threw for 400 yards. Let me say that again. The majority of the game, you dropped eight players in coverage and the dude still threw for 400 yards. How do you justify that? How do you say, you know what? That, you know, that's, that's about right. It's about what we expected. It's absurd. It makes no sense. You have good defensive linemen. Like you, you have freaking Drew Sanders out there. And, and, and you and you just just let it happen that way. You know, I know that you're dealing with injuries. Trust me, I know. And in fact, I think that it's a much bigger deal than what people try to make it out to be. I really do. I I I wish that it wasn't that way. 
I wish that there was some other like approach you could take or some other personnel that you could put in. But when you're talking about your first three games, you have 17 sacks. And then in your last three games, you have four. Maybe you need to, maybe you need to mix it up a little bit. You gifted Mississippi State those 40 points. At least try. At least do something different. But you didn't. The whole game, you just let it happen. And for what? What did it get you? Squat. Nothing. Infuriating to me. And I feel bad for, for a few of the players that were put out of position. Like, you know, Hudson Clark played safety. And I like Hudson Clark. I know that people give me a lot a hard time for Hudson Clark. But they put him at safety, and he, he couldn't make tackles. That's not To me, that's not his fault. He's not a safety. To, as a safety, you got to be a you got to be a surefire tackler. You have to be. And putting him back there, he's not used to having to have a, a running back running directly at him and him having to make the tackle. His MO has always been, hey, if he's making a tackle, it's going to be after a guy catches the ball, and then he just pulls him down. No one's usually running full speed at him. But you put him in that position. Bumper pool's not healthy at all. His hip is messed up. You can tell. It's killing him. Like, like injuries suck. Like, you have a lot of them. And, and it's not an excuse for this game. I'm not trying to say that. But it is a, it is a real thing. This defense is de as, a, as depleted of a defense as I can remember. And I try to think about it this way, too. And, and this is what kind of gives me a little bit of, you know, realistic feelings on everything. Like, imagine taking any football team, maybe besides like Bama and Georgia and all them, and take away their three best defensive backs as well as like two more average defensive backs and see how they do against the pass. And then I'm throwing in that you're one of your best, your best linebacker, your all SEC linebacker is hurt with a hip injury. Not many defenses in the SEC are going to be able to be functional after that. Like, again, it's not an excuse. I'm not making an excuse for him. I'm just trying to be realistic. I'm trying to give you a reality. Like that is a major problem and a major issue. But I would rather see you try to just get after the quarterback to the best of your ability, make him earn it, then just sit back and let him decide. Let him not like he didn't get touched once. I don't think he got touched. He didn't get sacked. He didn't get tackled. It's the first time that Arkansas did not have a negative play in a football game since 2016 when they got smoked against Auburn 56 to 3. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I never want to see the three man front again. He do what got you here. Do what you do best. Four man front. Send Drew Sanders, mix it up, but get pressure. That's the only way you're going to be able to beat good quarterbacks and good defense this year. You're not going to beat them with your secondary. That's accepted. That's the way it is. Beat them with pressure. Most frustrating part of this football game that I've ever seen. But you know what's not frustrating? Simply safe. Because we all want to be protected, especially when it comes to our households. We have a lot of valuables. Sometimes we have wife kids there sometimes we have dogs like i do but in the, the numbers don't lie in the last decade over four million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their home you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right 
At Simply Safe, your safety is the number one thing that matters. And I know because I use Simply Safe in my home and I always feel protected. I always feel like my valuables, all my podcasting equipment here that's very expensive. I feel safe knowing that Simply Safe has my back. They protect you with the cutting edge security technology empowered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Any single time that I leave home, like, guys, I'm traveling a lot here too. I'm going to BYU this weekend and I have a dog sitter that's going to come over and check on Rowdy. Well, I know that at least, even though he's getting checked on, when he's here by himself, he's going to be protected. I know that my podcasting equipment, that all my stuff here, all my valuables, my TVs, my PlayStation 5, all of it is going to be protected with Simply Safe. 24-7 professional monitoring. They, the agents there at Simply Safe call you the moment there's a threat detected and dispatch police and first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or you can't be reached. So customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and you get your first month free. Visit Simply Safe. That's S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, moving on into the next segment of what went wrong against Mississippi State uh, for the Razorbacks. And let's go to the other side of the ball, the offense. And, and the offense was definitely a weird one in this game. Now, uh, a lot of things to try to break down and try to make sense out of in this one, too. Uh, first off, you... <laughs> You know KJ's not playing. I think we all kind of knew that. Even though I, Sam Pittman talked about him being available, he'll make the trip, and he's going to be clear today. I think that he even said that. So he's going to be good to go against BYU. But I think all of us saw the writing on the wall and knew that KJ was not going to play in this game. So what were they going to do? Well, they start Cade Fortin. And I even said last week, I said, I didn't want to see Cade Fortin. It's nothing against the kid. But I feel better about Malik Hornsby because at least with Malik Hornsby, you got your legs. He may not be the best thrower, but he can beat you with his legs. Cade Fortin, I haven't seen a whole lot of him, but he doesn't have legs. He may throw okay, but that's not what this offense is predicated on. It's predicated on having a dual-threat quarterback. So I just would have liked to see Malik Hornsby start. But instead, Cade Fortin started and didn't do squat. He went two of six in this game for eight yards. Just, just completely and totally zero production out of him. I think a lot of people saw that early. So Arkansas decided to put in Malik Hornsby and boom. Malik Hornsby goes 8 of 17 for 234 yards and a touchdown. Did throw two picks. Can't have that. But I think he even started 7 of 10. So he started off really strong. But they kind of started figuring out. But the big thing is he had eight carries for 114 yards in this game. Just killing it with his legs exactly what we all thought it, it, like I, I understand that the coaching staff feels better about Cade Fortin because I, I I feel like there's probably no question about it he probably looked better in practice Cade Fortin did he probably understood the game plan better than Malik Hornsby did I, I feel like the coaching staff in practice saw the differences they're like hey we're going to go with Cade because he seems to grasp it a lot more but the thing is is that Malik Hornsby as we all have seen so far and since in his career in Arkansas is that he can do some really good things with his legs, and he can be a spark, and he can go out there and make some stupid improvised plays. He can do that. 
So I'd rather have that guy. That guy and like I, K, and Malik Hornsby, if KJ ever goes down again, hopefully that never never happens this year. But if he goes down again, Malik Hornsby better be coming in. No Cade Fortin. Nope. Malik Hornsby is the only guy. So that started off really weird. But then you you had some bad moments. Bad moments. You like you went one of three in the red zone with one touchdown and two opportunities that you didn't even get points. You went for it on fourth down twice on the goal line, and you didn't get it either time. Just awful. Unacceptable. Cannot happen. Uh, I feel like the play calling was a little weird down there. I thought that the, 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 the drive that they had where they had four opportunities right there at the goal line, they ran, ran, pass, ran. And they ran it with Rocket, nothing. They ran it with Dominic Johnson, nothing. They threw it with nothing. And then they went to Rashad DeBinion, the freshman, who didn't get it. I don't understand why you wouldn't throw Rocket or Dominique in there or even A.J. Green because those are your, kind of your bigger, stronger backs. But you threw Dominion in and didn't get anything. Arkansas had 483 total offensive yards. 483. And they scored 17 points. Are you kidding me? 483 total offensive yards and 17 points. Dude, <laughs> like, I saw that and I'm like, that is the most absurd thing. Because what that shows you is that you did have some, some good, like, good runs. You still had some good plays. You had some good drives, but you just couldn't finish off. Here's a little bit of a comparison, right? Okay, so you've had 483 yards, right? Total yards, scored 17 points. Remember South Carolina earlier this year? You know how many yards Arkansas had in this game? 417, so about 50 to 60 yards less, or 60, 60 to 70, whatever, I don't do math, about almost 100 yards less than what you had in this game, and you scored 44 points against South Carolina. Are you, like, what are we doing here? You cannot have that many yards and only score 17 points. Like, I don't even know if that's a, that's a possibility. But, you obviously had success with the offense. You obviously had some drives. You obviously did some things. But not converting on those short yarded situations, on those goal lines, on those red zones, it destroyed you. It killed you. And I don't know if they would have won the game anyway, even if, but if you think about it, if you score touchdowns on those two red zone opportunities, which you should have, you're talking about a final score of 40 to 31. Okay. It, just assuming you got those two touchdowns. I don't know how the rest of the game would have played out, but at least you would have had a puncher's chance. And think about how I, we probably still wouldn't feel great. We probably would still be upset, but losing to a top 25 team on the road in the SEC with a backup quarterback and a depleted secondary, like that was kind of the spread, anyways, was nine points. You would at least feel like, okay, hey, if KJ plays, if we weren't so depleted, it would have been a different game. You at least would have been in it at the end. But instead, it's a blowout city because you can't convert on the goal line. You've done that again. You did that against AM. You did it against Missouri State. Dad Gummit, stop turning the ball over. Stop turnover on down. Stop not being able to punch it in. You're not a good enough team to overcome those things. You're not a good enough team to just make up for it later. You don't have it just yet. You're so injured. <laughs> like 
You're going up against great teams. And you just, you, you can't finish. You can't finish the drives. I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if it's execution. Maybe it's a combination of everything. But that cannot happen. You're not going to win games that way. You get KJ back this weekend. And then that's that's huge against BYU on the road. That's big. You still got your running back, still got your wide receivers. No, Jaden Hazelwood's a little bit banged up. You got you got some problems, but you got an opportunity in front of you to try to make it better and to make it right. But I am just that can't happen. Cannot happen under any circumstance. You got to finish the drives. If you get that many yards and only score 17 points, that's a finishing problem. Fix that, if you don't mind. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. First and finally, you can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, like live betting and up-to-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check on all check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks pod- podcast. Can it be fixed? That's the question. Can it be fixed? Now, I'm going to look at it in a probably a silver lining situation. And not a lot of you are going to yell at me and call me horrible and homer and stupid and dumb. You probably call me fat and, you know, all these things. <laughs> like, I don't know. Call my physical appearance, whatever it is. I want to see how this plays out. You know, I, I went through a lot of criticisms that I had in, in this game, and rightfully so. I think that as long as you're doing it, like the people are saying, fire everybody, fire Pittman, fire Browns, fire Odom, stop, 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 chill, let it play out. Okay. That's how I feel about this. You got, you're halfway through in the season, you're three and three. You got some winnable games still on your schedule. Doesn't mean you'll win them all, but you got some winnable games on your schedule. Last year, you finished strong. Last year, after the bye week, you came out guns blazing and yet performed at the highest level at the end of the season, which is what you want to do. If they found a way to get by BYU this weekend, find a way just to beat them somehow, somehow beat them, and you're four and three heading into the bye week, I think that it, they can do some things. I think that they can get healthy, get right, get rejuvenated, get re-energized, and come out strong. Auburn on the road is tough, but it's a winnable game. So is Liberty. So is Missouri. You can win those. LSU and Ole Miss, hey, you split those. I think it's possible. You go eight and four. I know it's not what everybody was hoping, hoping it would be better, but eight and four, there's nothing to be ashamed of in that regard. It's a solid year, especially if you're able to turn it around how things happen. I think it can be fixed. They just got to stop doing dumb things. As simple as it's put. Stop with the penalties. You had 10 penalties in this game. Stop with that. Convert on turnovers. When the ball hits you in the hands, pick it. Make them pay for it. Score when you're on the goal line. Every time. Even if it's a field goal. Score. Get points. Every time. Do those things. You do those things, you're all right. 
And I know that's like everyone's saying, oh, it's easier said than done. Those are the basic things you should be able to do. I'm not asking them. Like, I understand their limitations. I'm not asking them to go out and just tell them, hey, throw ball better. Uh, score more. I'm asking them to do basic things that basic, good, solid football team should do. Limit penalties. Catch the ball when the ball hits you in the hands on defense. Score in the red zone. Score on the goal line. Basic stuff. You do that, you'll be all right. I think it can be fixed. I really do. But it's up to them to fix it. And they can't just lay down and die. I don't think they will. But let's see how this plays out. Let's see what this team's made of. Let's see what this coaching staff's made of. Let's see how they can turn it around. Let's hope BYU and this trip to Provo for me goes a little bit better. Here's hoping, right? Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.